Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Kickstart 12-11-2023. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, man. There you have it. It's 12-11. Good night. Bye, everybody. <laughs> 12 we're, trying to, we're trying to shovel this in before your power goes out again. Cut. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's windy as balls. And if you listen to the show from the beginning, you know how sometimes it gets windy around here and... How power yes. gets shut down because the, yes, our power company deems it. Uh, well, we'll just you know we'll shut your power down. What if we? What if it was snowing outside? Would they do it then? They'd still like we have yeah. to turn your power off because it's snowing and it's freezing outside. And the, but the world might burn down because of the wind. It's a blizzard out there, but we have to shut your power down. Yeah, I love how they continue to blame. I mean, what have they been doing the last three years? Then we've been shutting us down all the time, aren't they? That was the whole point, right? Look, man. Yeah, they're dude. They've replaced all the poles near me. Are like now they're all skinned in some like weird fucking shiny. You know, they've they literally have skinned all of the posts with uh, some sort of weird armor, <laughs> if you will. I'll take Jeez. a picture and send it to you. But yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know what. But still, their plan is to shut the power down like every motherfucking time. Dude, it's such it's fucking bullshit, dude. I'm telling you, Max Shrek owns Edison. Dude, a hundred years of fucking people overpaying and they did nothing for maintenance. Nothing. 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 Until they got sued a few years ago. Yeah. Now they're like, oh, well, they won't just turn the power off. That's our, that's the best thing for you guys is to turn your power off. We'll turn it yeah. off for you. That's the solution. You <laughs> motherfuckers. Well, how about this? How about you just let, if the weather is going to knock my power out, then just let it. Well, you know what their thing. I mean, literally, I, I, I know what their. Here's the thing: they all that shit should have been put underground like years ago, yeah. because these ancient transformers they blow down, they fucking hit the ground, they spark, and fucking there you go, and you're, then you're done. Right. Um, but again, that's nobody's fault but theirs. <laughs> right. I mean, because you know, I. But you know, you can't. Totally I don't get blame a discount them. for ha being without power for two days. I know, but you can't totally blame them, right? It's not like dry, dry hillsides. It's not their and, fault. And, and wildfires don't haven't been a thing in this in this area for the last two hundred years. Sure. Or or Santa Ana winds because those are brand new. Those are all yes. These are all things that occur naturally in nature. They, but you know where they're at fault is they didn't do anything to upgrade or safety guard their equipment because they didn't have to or didn't want to, whatever it is, you know, and then, um, you know, and then a couple of big fires were, I mean, devastating fires. They were caused by, you know, deemed they were caused by their equipment failing, you know, failing to be safe in high winds, which, you know, I mean, that that's their fault. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't want to, let's not talk about it. It gives me a headache. Fucking God. People. And then there's the earthquakes. And then there's that too. <laughs> Which, yes, that will set your power off. Um, safest thing, turn the power so off. That's why you turn your gas off when there's an earthquake. I got, that's why I get that weird red pickle fork that I had to shut the gas off with. Yes. When there's an earthquake. Yeah, let me control my own shit, Edison. Look, man, I'd rather just fucking, yeah, throw the master switch. I mean, I can. I do. I have a switch because it's all hooked into the solar. I mean, I could, I could literally just turn my own power off. It's not, by the way, it's not like it's not windy up here. I mean, and down in the valley also. And that's DWP. Don't shut their shit down. I'm going to say this. I went to my mom's yesterday and, or Saturday, and 
it was not very windy in the valley. When I got back to my house, it was fucking, you know, fucking horrible, fucking <laughs> 60 mile an hour, fucking gusting, fucking ice cold winds. Uh, so, it, you know, there is quite a bit of difference out here. And, you know, and again, there's not a lot of windbreak out here either. There's not, there's not buildings and there's not, you know, there's houses and there's hills, but there's a lot of open space. So, you know, it's, it's loud. It's, you know, it's very loud uh-huh. at night. And, uh, you know, especially when it's dead silent because there's no power. <laughs> I, I've gone to Joshua Tree before and like camped out. When it gets windy and because there's, there's one night it was mildly windy, it's fucking harrowing. <laughs> yeah. Fucking scary. All I kept thinking about was bats. The whole like, once I had in my head the movie Bats was in my head. Not bats, oh, yeah. but Nightwing. Nightwing, not bats, but Nightwing. I'm like going, then I got freaked the fuck out because I was only like 19. So <laughs> did we ever cover bats? I know we talked about yes, it. Yes, we know we did. Because yeah. I just was going through the box looking for my near dark DVD and I there I was there's bats. Of course I have that. <laughs> but maybe through near dark to the library. <laughs> that was like one of the first things we did. I'm yeah, I think I remember doing it. I just, uh, I think we did it in the old format where we just kind of went through the whole story. <laughs> we yammered on forever about it. Because everybody's so interested in bats. Um, although, oh yeah, we did. I remember, now I do remember because there was a kind of a mini love fest for Dina Meyer. Who feel, I feel like Dina Meyer disappeared completely. I have to look her up one day when I have time. Let's talk about, oh, so here quickly to get it out of the way. Friday night, saw a fucking Terminator at the Egyptian Oh, yeah. It's fucking great, dude. God damn, I love that movie. It's pretty great. It just keeps getting fucking better and better and better. Like, no matter how many times you do And it's so funny. I hadn't seen it with a crowd of people, human beings, other humans, probably since 84. I don't think I've ever seen it again in a theater since I was a kid. And I saw it, you know, with my buddy Gene Riley. We, we ditched out fifth and sixth period. Um, we went to lunch and we were like, oh, hey, man, there's that movie. And the poster sold us. And we, so we, we hung out for an hour, <laughs> like after, and went in, saw Terminator, came out, got busted by the truant officer and hauled back to school. But it's okay. But that being said, but dude, watching the movie with people and where people laugh and where people, you know, that's all what makes going to movies so great. And, you know, the, when, when, when Schwarzenegger first puts, when he puts the gargoyles on for the first time, <laughs> And checks his fucking hair, dude. He literally puts his fingers in his hair, and, and everybody laughed out loud. And and it, dude, I forgot. It's something you just take for granted when you're watching at home. You don't really even think about it. It's just like, yeah, he puts the glasses on and fucking checks himself, and that's it. But literally, he checks his hair like you would, like in the morning, like uh, okay, right. you know. <laughs> it's fucking so good. Schwarzenegger is so good in that movie, dude. He, he is. is so good. He sells himself as the fucking. Cyborg right at the beginning. And it's one of those things I never really took for granted because I always just remember people going, yeah, he's just this big muscle man off and, you know, whatever. How hard is it play? Dude, there's a lot of subtleties in his performance in Terminator. Yeah. He, he's really great. And, uh, and dude, here's the thing. I love Linda Hamilton, but Michael Bean makes this movie what it is. I, yeah. She's great. Winfield's great. Like when Winfield says, when she's like, I'm at this place called Tech Noir. And Pico's like, yeah, I know where it's at. Like that dude has never been to Tech Noir. It made me laugh out loud and everybody in the audience laughed because yeah. I mean, but can you picture Paul Winfield getting down at nope. Tech Noir? Not the, Maybe. No, not at Tech Noir. <laughs> not at Tech Noir. Maybe no. some other like happening fucking underground place, but not Tech Noir. Yeah. 
Lance Henriksen, dude, I forgot how much great dialogue Henriksen has in the movie. I mean, again, when you've seen it over and over at home, you're not really paying attention to things the way you are when you're watching it. Um, So anyway, yeah, man, it was a good time. It was a good print. It sounded amazing. You know, it it was full of fun movie people. Um, It's funny because the, the, you know, it was a the, the preceding feature, because they've, you know, they, they emptied the audience out and anybody who's paid for both movies stands in line and they get first crack going back in because I guess they just go back to where their seats were. But the movie that was paired with Terminator or played right before it, maybe not paired, but right it was Malick's Days of Heaven, <laughs> 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 which I found just to be awfully weird, like to be the movie to play right before Terminator. Like, but hey, man, whatever. Um, it was like being at the Pepper Tree, you know, where you could go see um, Needful Things and uh, My Blue Heaven <laughs> playing together for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's not even a good example. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's um, maybe it's uh, Needful Things and Out of Africa. Uh, Sydney Pollock's uh, Out of Africa playing <laughs> yeah. together. Maybe that's more l- along the lines of what happened the other night. But yeah, it was wild. Fun, fun audience. I did. I didn't. I didn't realize that there was a Scientology Winter Wonderland display photo op Santa shoot uh, next door to the Egyptian Santa Scientology. Correct. Okay. I didn't send you the pictures. No, dude. I know the only pictures you sent me were the ones when you're inside the theater trying to show me when they had that uh, the Terminator slate up while you're waiting for the movie to start. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no, there's a... Dude, that's what I was like. Is this like the Santa... Is this like Santa Saves the Martians or whatever? <laughs> or, you know, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, my gosh. Santa Claus Saves the Martians. Uh, that was a staple on... Tom Hatton would show that on one of the... One Saturday or Sunday afternoon before Christmas. Sometimes he'd do it more than once, but... Uh, it was amazing how many people thought that was a joke movie, but it's real. People didn't think it was a real thing, but it is. Right? All right, anyway, so back to the Terminator. Terminator, fun. Uh, you know, again, it's the reason that you should go see movies in theaters because they're, uh, there's an energy and like, dude, I mean, again, there are just so many great moments and movies are so much more enjoyable in a room full of people than they are yes. when you're sitting in a dark room at home, yeah. you know, pretending that you're watching the whole thing when you're not because you're looking at your phone or your iPad or whatever the fuck you're doing. So there's something you got, I wanted to touch on more that you mentioned when the trailers, I'm sorry, when the, when the TV ads started for this back in 84 for the first Terminator movie, I mean, like you kind of hinted at a little bit, the kind of, because uh, I know I can tell you 100%. I'm like, I thought, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> what is Arnold Schwarzenegger doing? What is, this can't be good. This looks terrible. I just can't, it looked like, it looked like stuff that I was renting, like really bad movies that was rented. I mean, kind of like touched on when we were covering Tubi movies earlier in the year. It just, it didn't look good. It just didn't. It looked, it looked completely cheesy. And I'm like, and what kind of movie like this is the hires hires Arnold Schwarzenegger to make this house is going to be any good. Right. And then, and then like anybody else that saw the movie in the theater or even on home videos, like, Oh shit. Right. Dude. Cause really the only thing I'd seen with Schwarzenegger at that point was, um, Conan. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, you know, from the way the trailer was cut, the super overly dramatic voiceover. I mean, look, you're not wrong. It seemed like all those things we were running. New World Pictures presents DEFCON 4. 
right. you know, those kind of movies. Dr- dead in, drive in. It was Corman vibe all the way, all the way through. Corman, Corman, Corman. I'm like going, I rent these movies. <laughs> I'm not going to go yeah. see in the theater. And it's funny, man, because, uh, you know, the things that, like, I'm not going to pretend that, like, all the effects, like the, the Hunter Keller stuff, it, you know, it, it looks like it is what it is. But in 1984, that shit was cool. And I remember it looked you know, great. being being 13, 14 years, I guess I was 14. And me and my buddy who like knew nothing, like Gene was like this kid. He looked, he, you know, he looked like Mario Van Peebles' little brother. He, 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 you know, he had, he it definitely wasn't his jam. He had never seen, he was like, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> he uh, literally it, like blew his fucking mind. Like, you know, he was like, what the hell is this? You know, and, and I remember being like, wow, this is fucking crazy. You know, it was the relentlessness. It was just all of that crazy shit. My yeah, my buddy Gene was like, just he was totally blown away because he was a city kid. He had moved like to Visalia from somewhere like I don't know, one of the, like a big bigger city, like maybe like Chicago or somewhere. Um, right. His dad traveled. Yeah, man, it was just like he was like he, he yeah he he was he he was more fucking blown out like than me because he was like I didn't, he didn't even know who Arnold so he'd never seen Conan he didn't know who Arnold Schwarzenegger was you know he 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 just like he I don't even know if he'd ever seen a sci-fi movie at that point in his life <laughs> but man it was so exciting but it, it did but I remember thinking going in like is this gonna be good or this is either gonna be really good or it's gonna be real terrible the poster though was badass. Like yep. for me, the poster was like, we're standing there and it was like fucking, it came, I guess it was, it was October. I think it was close to the, close to Halloween. And I remember we were like, fuck it. Do we really want to go back to Miss Frosto's class? No. <laughs> so we're going to see the Terminator, <laughs> man. And, and back then, dude, they didn't give a shit. Like no. they, they, it wasn't like, aren't you kids supposed to be in school? They're like, you got four bucks, you're in. <laughs> so, you know, in we were and uh, it was great. You know, it's one of my best memories of, uh, you know, going to a film when I was a kid, like, you know, in skipping school and, uh, you know, running off to see the Terminator. So, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was good. It was fun. It was, and it was nice to, uh, you know, sort of revisit that. And again, see something on film, which was, you know, it's amazing. It's fucking 40 year old movie we're looking at. The thing about the first Terminator movie that is lost on a lot of people, like, and it's another thing too. All that front projection stuff that they did for the first time in anything was in that movie, and then it, they, all they did was just perfect it with the second movie. I love that when you watch any of Stan Winston's um, practical work in the first Termina- first Terminator, how much of that um, technique was carried over, like when he's like getting the shit blown out of him when he's in the in the second movie when he's in the lobby and the SWAT team is like is like shooting him up after they get out of the elevator, right? That whole thing where they where they had the puppet walking and cutting intercutting with the real Arnold, that, I mean that was the same kind of thing you did in, in this movie and and you got that what eight year gap right? That was yeah, at least years. that because it came out in ninety one or ninety two, right? And it it. Yes, there's there there was a brand new CG that kind of broke the mold and really made a big difference in the movie, um, and and that's in the effects that he that um that Cameron wanted to do in the original Terminator, but the, the technology just wasn't there. There's so much charm that comes from 
that practical work. And like you said, yeah, a lot of it doesn't hold up now. But dude, when he's, it's still cringy as fuck when he's got his that exacto knife in his eyeball. <laughs> oh, look, still, none of that. See, obviously, but none of that stuff bothers me. Like I, I remember no. it bothering me watching it at some point on video when I was younger. Like, but like watching it in, dude, it doesn't even, it doesn't even look. I mean, it's pretty rad, dude. It's, it, it's, it's gross out when he sticks his fucking, and he yes. pulls the eye and he drops it into the fucking water. Yes. The blocking that they do on that. That's just something else I want to talk about uh, real quick. Winston is this is this is what he was a master of was the intercutting between the puppet and the real guy and in exceptional blocking. He was a master at and I should just see he he and his team were masters at creating this illusion this thing was real. So that when you intercut like that, that's when you notice that the that there's a little bit of a difference. But the some of the movements like like when Arnold has the exacto knife in his hand and he makes this this tweak, obviously there's no blade on the handle, but we don't see that there's a blade. We just assume that it's there because we just saw it in the previous shot that there's a blade in there. So we're still in our mind's eye, if you will, we're still like there's a blade on there and he's sticking it in his eyeball. The uh, it still works. It's just and then he just where he pads it down with the towel. It's just, there's so much about the movie that is charming as fuck and it's not i'm not bothered by that I'm not not in the least it's it's no. noticeable but you just kind of whatever dude 84 i don't give a fuck <laughs> well dude like all the other i mean also you know you get fantasy 2 you know gene warren um you know as the, the special effects of doing like all the miniature stuff and yep. i mean it, dude it is exact i mean it's it's craft and it, it, it's 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 just really wonderful to watch it in, in, a, in a room with people and 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 see, watch people appreciate what is actually happening on the screen and I, i'm i'm you know this about me they everything they do in t2 they did better in terminator for me I, t2 I lost me like i I don't care to, I don't care about T2 at all. Like, I think I've seen it twice, once in theater and then once again, like on home video to try to, to try to like, be like, okay, maybe I was a little harsh on it when it came out. Cause I didn't like it. Cause I was so into the first one, yeah. but all the stuff that they do in this movie to me still fucking, I marvel at the, for, for the money they had to do this with. All the, and again, all the stuff they did in this movie, you know, that they kind of redid in T2. It just wasn't, for me, it just wasn't as much fun. And, it, you know, more money doesn't always make things better. You know, and I know there's people out there who are going to be like, T2 is so much better than Terminator. I'm like, no, I would no, never that, argue that. I just think it's a different say. kind of movie. It's a, it's a different kind of movie that we Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are different movies. So that's one of the things I, that I appreciated. Like with Evil Dead 1 and 2, there's enough of a difference in the story that's being told. Like it's all right. We both we all know it really is just a we got more money. We're we're basically remaking the movie. That wasn't what they did with T two. They they did get more money and they did sort of read, but he still kind of twisted things up a little bit. Yeah, to me, Terminator is there's Terminator, there's the Terminator, and then there's all the rest of them. And you know, T two is the best of the rest. But that's just me. That that's my thing. No, like, no, and, and one of the things that I w I was. Gonna say because you mentioned fantasy too, and their miniatures are fucking incredible. That I really feel like Terminator Two was an opportunity to get a fuck ton of money and get payback to all the artists yeah, that worked on the sure. first movie and really get them paid because he got paid nothing on the no. first movie. Right, 
I mean, look, it's it, that all those things are cool. I mean, there are things in T2 I do like, but there's a lot of stuff I don't like. I mean, you know, I mean, again, like when I watch it, uh, again, I haven't probably seen it since two, nah, when did they make Rise of the Machines? Because I saw it right before 2002? One, 2001. Yeah. So I probably, the last time I viewed Terminator 2, Judgment Day, was probably around 2000. It was right around there because I, I was up for the, I was up for Rise of the Machines. Oh, 2003. 2003. And oh, uh, so I watched, this year. I watched uh, T2 and I was like, eh, it's okay. Whatever, man. I mean, again, there are good, there are good things in it, but then there's a lot of stuff in it that is just, you know, but I, I will always given the option, I will always watch the Terminator <laughs> over any of the other ones. And yeah. again, it's funny because after the first two, none of the rest of them matter. They're, they're just junky, dude. You can, you can watch one and not even know which one you're watching. Honestly. There's one thing that I do really appreciate about the third movie because there's not a lot to appreciate. <laughs> no. Was that they just said, fuck it. There is no happy ending. All they're supposed to do is just keep, keep uh, John and Kate alive. That the 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 war was going to happen, the shit was still coming. It, it wasn't going. There was never stopping it. That the, the nukes were going to go off regardless. And I'm like, and I know people in the theater just went, "What the fuck?" Yeah, totally. Like, well, you know what, dude? There's no happy endings, man. That's how that works. Look at, I mean, you you were on, um, fuck, what was it? Salvation. Salvation, and that and there's lots of things. And just like with, I mean, you can see this about all the movies after the first one they all have their merits they all have good yeah. moments but like we said in the show numerous times good or even great moments don't make a movie together don't make a movie so right yeah i mean and, you know most of those most of this all the sequels suffer from that uh anyway that was that's my terminator spiel and uh yeah man uh, it was fun <laughs> I did. I I love the movie. And when that, when you told me you're going, I'm like, fuck, dude. I would totally go see that right now if I wasn't working or if I wasn't doing family stuff because that's what was happening. It was. I I absolutely. I mean, yeah. When it comes down to dollars to donuts, I, if I have a choice of any of those two movies or either of those two movies, I'm taking. I'll, I'll watch the first one, especially in a in that kind of environment. Like I, I've been dying to see, you know, did the you know, go to the Egyptian. Like that was your third time since it reopened, right? Fourth, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as I get free time, I'm like going. I don't want to see that. that that's just, I don't want to see that movie. Uh, but you know what I did see on Friday afternoon? Uh, I took Joey to go see Godzilla minus one, which was fucking awesome. Godzilla, it's so good. It's like it. It kind of is like a a war drama with this Godzilla element to it. It's very much a. And uh, like an epic, historic, epic, epic kind of, this is like right at the end of, well, the beginning, like at the beginning of the movie is like right after the, or towards the end of the World War II. And Godzilla is just, he's just this thing. He's like this 25 foot thing. He's not like a, like he's not the stories tall guy that we see later on. It's just a great setup. It's called minus one for a reason. I'm That's sure. A, you know, the way the movie ends. I'm not gonna, I'm, if I'm ruining this for anybody, sorry. <laughs> it's called minus one for a reason. So basically, when the original Godzilla comes out in '53, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I would. I think it is '53. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because the 70th anniversary this year of the first movie. So that that this one's called Godzilla minus one. So when you see the '53 movie, that's Godzilla 
1.0, if you know what I'm saying. That's so <laughs> it's so there was a God. This is the Godzilla before the Godzilla that we all know. Gotcha. It's dude. It's fucking wildly intriguing. If you happen to still see, because it got extended, it was only supposed to be out for a week, and it got extended because it did so well. If you're gonna, if you still, if it's still playing near you, and it's and it's, please make sure see the subtitle version. Don't see the dub version. I can't imagine what that how terrible that is. Even Joey, who's not real big, hasn't seen a lot of movies with subtitles in it, right? Like like for the duration of the movie, foreign language subtitled movies, and he like. There's one point in there. I'm like, are you good? Are you able to track what's going on? He's like, yeah, I'm fine with this. So that's the only qualm is that is that you do have to read through the whole thing, but the dialogue is never so nutty. You can't keep up with people. But And there's something about the Japanese language. It's so, it's just, it's, it's very poetic and very beautiful uh, language. And so even though <laughs> you're, you're, you're on for the ride because you're just saying, hey, that subtitle says he said this. I'm like, all right, if you say so. I mean, if it's the situation, so okay, I'll go with that. But it's very, it's very beautiful. It never, it never feels like, because there's some languages, some foreign languages, they sound like they're people are mad at you when they're talking, and they're just something very fluid and beautiful about Japanese when they speak. So, and the performers are fantastic. But does this movie does it have any tie-in with Monarch with the uh, thing no, on Apple? No. Uh, okay, that, that, that's the irony too. Is that we haven't gone back after those first two episodes because of my sh- my schedule and Joey's schedule kind of pushing towards his time off, which actually starts this upcoming week weekend. And uh, we'll I'll have something to talk about that next week because we're taking Joey to see you two at the Sphere in in Loss of Wages. And so we've been looking forward to that show. Let's wait, just yeah. My friend Ali, hello Ali, because I know he listens. I thought you didn't like you too. No, I I like you too, but before this these last four albums that they put out, where they all it's all homogenized shit. Oh yeah, I God, I'm trying to remember what 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 what. Tell me which album had "Beautiful Day" because I think that's the last one I bought. That's in that's like 20 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. That's, yeah. That, I mean, there's... I got the free one that everybody got, oh, but I don't, I don't even know that I listened to it. I think I just was so mad that, like, I'd been invaded. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> now, this is the anniversary for Octung Baby, so they do the, the, they do that in its entirety. Um, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, well, yeah, because if anybody saw the the Zoo TV tour... Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was all about that visual of of the media and now, but how how prophetic was that whole show now? I mean, how sure. Yeah, it's very much like that. So you can imagine the sphere, which is just all these televisions inside the place, just one giant screen and how it uh how it projects this. But I've talked my coworker saw it, Henry from the our assignment desk went and saw it a couple of weeks ago and he said it was fucking fantastic. So I've been trying to stay away from it because it is such a, like, even from the standpoint of Joey, like, Joey's not familiar with the music at all. So he asked me to make a playlist. And I'm like, fuck, God. The thing about you, too, is even though this is all very programmed, you know, 90% of the show is going to be the same every time. And they have that loose 10% where they'll, where they'll do a, a song that they didn't do the night before, which is something they used to do all the time when they were in, in their heyday. So I'm in trying to put a playlist together that's not going to be intrusive or, and I, I also, I also want to be surprised about what's going to get played. I mean, I know. I hope they play Lemon. 
you, you would think, but no, uh, I can't remember. But, but they've, I like I said, other than the, the the full octone baby, and I don't think they play it through. I think they play like halfway, and then they'll put some other songs in between, and they go back to the album later. I don't know, but I, I'm I'm just looking forward to it because you know Vegas is always fun to get away, and and God knows that this has been one of those years where getting away sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But I'll have something more to say about that. Not next Kickstarter, because I think we're going to record that ahead of our trip, just so something comes out on Monday. But I tell you, I hope everybody enjoyed our Dread episode, because that one was... Dread. That was a fun Dread one. didn't give you Dread. Yeah. But this week's episode... <laughs> that was a fun one to talk about. And the week after that's going to be a fun one, too. So there you yeah, go. Man. Fun, yeah. fun, fun to end your year. We hope you guys, I hope everyone out there is in, enjoying themselves and trying not to get too ragged and too busy as, you know, I, I know we have a few of our retail friends out there, Tom and Shannon are knee deep in this time of year where... Uh, what time of year is that? Holidays? Christmas? <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, retail, re, retail and consumerism is... Just that's that's where you want to be this time of year, right? You mean when people are being at their best and the sweetest and loveliest to other people? Uh huh. When they're out shopping, yes, that time of the year, and just as sweet to all the people that work at these establishments. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when they're being super nice and mm-hmm. you know in parking lots. Yes, people not you know screaming at you or trying to hit you with their cars. No, I know it's 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 really a time where. That human, the human race really shows what tender, caring individuals they are. Yeah, man, it brings us the best. <laughs> yeah, well, there we have it. There you uh, go. That's your kickstart for you, man. Yeah, man. Boom. It, uh, very good. Go to the oh, well, uh, road of idiots. There's a lot of stuff playing this week. Dude, idiots is rocking, rocking the house, man. This week, they're oof. Good stuff. Um, I'll link to it in the description because you don't want to hear us yammer on about it because. No, nah, you could just. Go to idiots. If you don't live in Los Angeles, I'm telling you, there, <sighs> Egyptian, the Arrow, LF3, well, dude, Vidiots, this whole month, dude, there, it's like the the struggle right now. This month is shit. I can't be there and there at the same time. <laughs> I can't be there or there for consecutive movies. It's just it, no. I mean, fantastic it's programming. Yeah, American Cinematheque is there. Fifteen hundred movies a year between those three screens is what they're doing now. Fifteen hundred movies screenings a year. Because you think, well, yeah, because Egyptian reopening that's at least two a day, right? Mm, yeah, sometimes three, probably three during the mm-hmm. weekends. Yep. Jeez, yeah, that's amazing. I'm, I don't think people understand. I don't live in the area. How big and important the Egyptian is. I mean, you, you and I talked about it and you, you nailed it perfectly. It's the, it's the premier theater. I mean, it's vintage, I don't even say, I don't even call it vintage. It's just the premier theater period. And the way I've seen the feedback about what they did in the remodel, your, your experience there, they did, they did right by it with the remodel and that's encouraging. Yeah, it's cool, and, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's just lots of stuff. They're just showing and they're just doing it right. I mean, today, if, uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, there was a free screening of Raging Bull um, with Erwin Winkler, the producer there. It was a, it's a, it's Raging Bull and Creed 3 for some reason. I guess it's, I don't know if he's a producer on Creed 3, but it's a free thing. Well, yeah, because because Erwin Winkler did the Baraki movies, right? 
Earl Winkler did a lot of stuff. Yeah, he produced that. That's I think that's that, I think that, that's the tie to the creative. And movies. he produced Raging Bull. He was a producer on Raging Bull. See, I didn't know that until you just said that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so I had no idea. I didn't realize about the Rocky and the Creed thing, but yeah, there you go. So I mean, they're doing stuff like that. There's a lot of free screenings of a movie. You know, it's kind of first come first serve, but there are plenty of emails. You know, if you're on their email, if you're on their email list, um, you know, you get a chance to go see things like that, which are pretty fantastic because it's a film print of Raging Bull and. Um, yeah, man, it's cool. I mean, it, here's it again. I'm just going to blast this real quick. If you're, if you live in LA, if you, if you lived in LA, here's what you could see at videos this week. Gremlins, Tommy, Phantom of the Paradise, Devil's Advocate, Home Alone, Pan's Labyrinth, and Moonstruck. Dude, <laughs> and <yeah>. much more. <laughs> and that video, it's uh, Gremlin screening, uh, just Joe Dante there. Yep. Do the intro and a Q&A afterwards. Correct. That's, to, that's tonight, Monday night. Yeah. yeah, tonight. So sold out, obviously, but, right. um, you know. <laughs> It's kind of thing that, uh, you know, that, but it's just, it's, it's awesome that, you know, these places are, you know, that film is making a comeback. I mean, I, I, you know, there's a lot of downfall. Sometimes I'm, I curse Los Angeles every time I have to go drive somewhere. But then I think about, you know, I could just go see, sit and lose my thoughts and see Terminator <laughs> and be yeah. fine. And, you know, and it makes it all better. So yeah, man, movies heal, dude. I also have to say this over this past weekend, Postmortem podcast has recorded their final episode, a live episode at the Egyptian, and and then they did a live screen. They did they did a screening too of is it Skinwalkers? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, Skinwalkers. So they they had a big thing there for Mick Garris and uh, like Joe Dante was there, uh, Mike Flanagan was there, a whole slew of people were there to to celebrate um, the show and and just kind of his career to a lesser degree, I guess. And it was at the Egyptian on Saturday, and it was really well received too. Good crowd. Yep. Um, That's so, the thing, dude. I mean, like, I have not been to anything yet at the Egyptian that wasn't sold out. Yeah. But every seat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time, man. People are going. Yeah. If you build it, they will come, as they say. Yeah. And we didn't mention this, but we're getting our 2020 crowd reopening of the Cinerama Dome. We, it was supposed to have been sometime in 2024, but it got pushed. But the fact is, is that they're being realistic and now they didn't get to 2024 and say, hey, we're not going to be open. They right. just said, hey, you know what? It's going to take us this much longer. And I think there's a really good chance that whatever they were going to do when it reopened in 2024, somebody went to the Egyptian and saw what they did there and said, you know what? We got to do some, we have to change some stuff. You know, I just, just my take because the announcement came right after the Egyptian had reopened and people were kind of getting the, getting through there. And I think after everybody saw my take anyway, I think people that are involved with the dome reopening saw what they did at the Egyptian and said, well, we need to take, we need to make, take that extra step and recognize that we can't just, we can't just run this new, the, this, this theater on its, on its history. We have to update it. We have to make it like what they did with the Egyptian. It's still very much the Egyptian, but it's not. It's still kind of updated and they can handle all formats now. And I think that's what the Dome has to do too. The last thing I saw at the Dome, and I was, this, this is a lot, was was from Dust Till Dawn because I, I, there was no reason for me to go. They, they didn't have anything there that was in, that encouraged me to go. That was 95. That was opening oh, night, 95. No. That's how long Last thing I saw at the Dome was probably, well, let me think, when I saw Terminator... What, what, not Terminator, Mad Max, Fury Road. I saw that there. I saw The Martian. I saw a lot of shit there. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I think the, I think I might've even seen, oh, I saw, uh, the last thing I saw there was Logan. 
I like Lovell. Yep. That's the last thing I saw there on that, uh, at the Cinerama Dome, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's like, it was my favorite place to go always. Scream, that big curved scream was badass. Yeah. I think like the, and I used to go all the time, but usually when I went to the dome, it's when I went, when they were showing older movies, like what we're talking about. Like, I think How the West Was One was the last movie I saw there that wasn't first run. If you've never seen a Cinemascope movie like that, where you're just getting that true three projector, three screen thing, you have no fucking idea how incredibly immersive that is when... That's the only time that I, when I saw that movie, it's the only time I ever sit down low, close to the screen. Usually I'm always in the back center so I can hear the sound better. Yeah, the dome is, is tremendous. And, if, and I know it's a staple for a lot of people if they come in out of town to check it out. Obviously, it's been shut down for four years, oh, close to four years. Yeah, it's funny. People still go there to take pictures in front of it and stuff. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marvel of architecture as well yeah. as, you know, yeah. especially for the... Uh, for the time when it was yeah, built. Well, once Arclight said they weren't coming back, there was a there was an immediate contingency to, to make sure that it got de- deemed a historical landmark. So at the at very minimum, it wasn't going to get torn down. It was going to maintain, maybe not be a theater, but they weren't going to tear it down. Before long, somebody was some other private investors right came in there and scooped it up. So I know I know that it's not. I, I know the dome reopening is tied to the the ArcLight theaters too next door because they have all those theaters just sitting there laying dormant. Well, hopefully that, you know, we see a full resurgence down there because they have all that parking back there too. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it, what's it being used for? Is, is that gym still open there? I don't even know what's open there. I mean, I haven't been yeah. literally, I haven't been by mm-hmm. there since, I mean, since they closed it down, there's no reason for me to even really, between that and moving, uh, Amoeba. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's really, there's nothing over there for me at the moment. But yeah, you know, the, the, that, that, was a, that was such a great spot too, man. Go park, get there early enough. I'm going to hit Amoeba for a little bit, even though you would never buy. It's one of those, I'm going to go look things because they're always so expensive, relatively speaking. Yeah, totally. And, but, it, but it was cool. I always would just go to the use section and, and see what they had. I mean, there's been times I've gone there and I, I had to stop going there when I'd go see movies at the Arclight because I found myself buying stuff. I don't want to walk right, around. Wanna, yeah, and then you got to fucking go into the fucking theater with a bag full of shit. <laughs> it sucks. Oh, anyway. Anyway. All right. So there you go. There's your kickstart. And uh, I guess we have a new episode, movie episode coming out this week for Fail Franchise. It'll be out Wednesday on Patreon, Friday or the general public. So there you go. If you want to follow us on the socials, that's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. You can follow Corey on Letterboxd and Corey underscore Culp and on Insta at Culprit97. And if you want to support the show on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Karate Pod. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on Instagram or you can follow me at Kyle Reese at Letterboxd.com. That's Kyle Reese with a capital Reese. <laughs>